and welcome to the A Thousand Lives broadcast, the go-to podcast for all things related to Christian missions in China. This is Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll also find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends, as well as to help you encourage others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Be sure to check out last week's broadcast to follow a group of Chinese students on an organized tour through the home of Jonathan Goforth. The tour, led by Jonathan himself, was all about preaching the gospel to these students while also satisfying their curiosity about foreigners and foreign things. It's a pretty interesting episode that you won't want to miss. Well, with that out of the way, we are going to hit fast forward and jump straight to an announcement about the broadcast. Many who have been following along for some time now know that for most of the year 2021, we have been pumping out podcasts at the rate of one episode per week. This current episode that you are listening to at the moment is our 42nd episode. That's right, we have 42 episodes of the broadcast. Since next Monday marks the first day of November and we've got the Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays fast approaching, we thought it fitting to make today's episode our last episode of the year 2021. So it's the last episode, we're going to call it a full season of 42 episodes, and we're planning to come back fresh in January with all new episodes, stories, and interviews that will all be centered on China and making Christ famous there for you all. Well, and on a slightly personal note, this past year has been an absolute blast for me, getting to launch out on this podcasting journey, and I appreciate everyone who has joined me along the way. I believe, more than ever before, that Jesus loves China, he loves the people, and he desires to be highly exalted there through the preaching of his word. I trust that he is planning big things for China, and I'm excited to see what he does there in the weeks, months, and years to come. Having said that, that somewhat leads into our episode today, which is coming on the tail end of the Underground Jiaohui Conference. This year's conference was themed Door of Utterance, and I've spent much time with the guys here with me these last 24 hours discussing China, teaching about China, and especially praying for China. We've been praying for an open door. We've been praying for the borders to reopen. We've talked about how worthy Christ is to be proclaimed, even in a hard place like China. We've considered the power of prayer to implore God to do a work in China, and we've preached that Jesus is worthy even of our sacrifices in preparation to make him known in China. I know that many listening in wanted to come out to the conference and weren't able to due to school, work, and other prior commitments. So I figured we'd let you all listen in on a discussion with myself, Mike and Chavez, Nate, and kind of peer in and just get a glimpse, get a peek at what's been going on here at the conference. Well, here I am with a few of the guys from the Underground Conference and excited to be here with them. Uh, why don't we go around and you guys just kind of uh, mention your name and uh, we'll go from there. I'm Mikan. I'm Savez. Hey guys, I'm Nate. All right, so I'm here with these three and uh, we had, I perceived it to be a good time at the conference. I don't know what they thought, but yes, sir, yes, I figured sir, we kind of clue everybody in who maybe couldn't make it out to... Uh, uh, hear a little bit about maybe some of the highlights. 
but I don't know that it'd do much good to hear that from me. And so let's hear what these guys have to say. Anybody got a highlight or something that stuck out to you about the conference these last couple of days? It's just been a good time to uh, hear from you, you guys, and uh, your heart for for the ministry, and then just going out into Chinatown, Atlanta, and putting that into practice, and just being a part of a different culture we've never seen before. Yeah, you guys got to see a little bit of a, a new side of life today, huh? Yes, sir. How was that? It was really cool because we were. I got. Uh, got separated from the group and so <laughs> I couldn't speak Chinese and so that was bad. You couldn't then but you can now, right? You learned real quick. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Importance of learning a language came out. Okay. Okay. Good deal. Any other things that kind of stuck out? Well, I I enjoyed just being able to spend time with you personally and uh, just get to hear a little bit more about your experiences in China and uh, just see you in action, talk to the lady today and and from Taiwan in the in the bookstore. Oh yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, we met a Taiwanese lady in a bookstore there today. Yeah. Well, I found it very interesting how like even though it's a different cultural and they speak a different language, deep down they're still human, and they're just like everyone else, just trying to make a living and live their lives. Yeah. Across cultures, cultures are different. Languages are very different. People think differently, they act differently, but at the heart of it, we're all people. We're all made in God's image. We're all sinners that need the Lord. Amen. Yes, sir, handing out tracks with uh, a bunch of Chinese writing on it and me being a, a white guy, I got some funny looks. It, it was very, it was, it was nice just to be noticed, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. Well, and some of you guys had some advertising written on your shirts. Of course, you guys listening in, you can't see, but. A few of the guys were wearing some Vision for China shirts today that say, The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. And so uh, what we noticed is the guys who were wearing this shirt, and particularly the ones who were wearing the shirt and didn't have a jacket on, as they tried to hand out gospel tracts, people could read that on their shirt from like a mile away. And they decided that they were going to turn back and not walk that way because they didn't want to have to deal with the guy giving them a gospel track. And so anyway, that was a bit ironic today. Anyway, we did have a good time. Well, I thought that um, it might be good, and maybe some of the questions you guys would have would be questions that others listening to the podcast would have, but just kind of a, a time here for you guys, maybe if you have some questions about China or about ministry in China or anything like that something you might be curious about and you hadn't got to ask yet, or maybe you didn't think to ask until yesterday or today, and maybe you could throw some of those out there, and I'll do my best uh, to try to answer. All right. Uh, what is the best way to witness to somebody from a um, Eastern culture? Because here in America, uh, the gospel is perceived and presented differently than it might be over there. How would you handle that in China? Yeah, well, that's a good question. You know, Oftentimes here in America, we, we typically learn, and this works very well here, that you know, we start out with explaining, for instance, God, maybe briefly uh, talking about God and how he's holy, talking about sin and how uh, we've broken God's law. We, we talk about God's love. We talk about that Jesus loves sinners and he came into the world. He died for sinners and we talk about that. We talk about repenting and believing. We might even lead into the gospel or lead into a gospel conversation with, uh, do you know for sure that you go to heaven when you die? 
The thing is, is you talk to Chinese people, and if you were to ask a question like that, they would think, well, what's heaven? And as you go further and you say, well, you know, heaven's where God is. You know, do you know if you'd be with God forever when you die? And they think, well, who's God or which God? Which God are we talking about? Um, and so there's a lot of questions that maybe here in America, uh, most people just kind of assume we're talking about the God of the Bible. They would more or less assume in a lot of places that we're talking about Jesus Christ. But in a place like China, that's not necessarily the case. In fact, more often than not, they wouldn't know much, if, it, if at all, about Jesus. They wouldn't know much, if at all, about heaven or have any of those ideas in their mind. Uh, you know, a very traditional Buddhist teaching is that of reincarnation. You die and then you're reborn as some other animal. Uh, you just kind of go through these cycles and there's never really an end. So for them to imagine that, well, the truth is that it's appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment, that would be quite a shock to some Chinese people. And so you have to kind of start explaining things at an even more basic level. And so you would start out explaining, well, there is one God. There's only one God and he's the creator god he created you he created me and you would begin from even there i mean it's very common for many people as they share the gospel with chinese people to start back as far back as genesis 1. and then you would even elaborate on that and say and and the god that created all is jesus and you could take them to john 1 or colossians 1 and elaborate on that even more but the point is is they need some of those foundational things that maybe some americans have already got an inkling of whether it's through exposure with relatives who were saved or growing up in sunday school they wouldn't typically have that your average chinese person and so then as you as you work from that you're you're slowly building a foundation of the bible is a book and it's the word of god and we learn about god through his word and you would have to to maybe uh, elaborate a bit more on things like that. But eventually, it's the same gospel. The Bible does say the gospel is the power of God and the salvation, and the gospel is the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Uh, we, we read about that in 1 Corinthians 15. And so the gospel's the same, but it's that their understanding, the average Chinese person's understanding would be a bit further away than perhaps the average Americans. And so we have to, we kind of have to back up a little bit and, and help them think through those, those first preliminary uh, ideas before we can get to where we would maybe start with it, your average American. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, thank you. What are some problems that you come into, like when it comes to planning the churches and even, like, you know, you discussed even earlier this week what some people may perceive as a problem, what it actually are problems versus what are, like, perceived problems that don't actually turn out to be issues? Okay, I'm, I'm kind of tracking with you. I'm kind of not. So I'll try to answer, and we'll, we'll see where this goes. Uh, I think problems uh, playing churches in China. Now, let me start off and say I have yet to start a church in China. I have yet to, to do full-time missionary work in China. Lord willing, we will be in China sooner rather than later and be able to start out doing that. But um, obviously here we're kind of stuck waiting for the world to open back up in the meantime. Just based on training and, and what I see in China, I have lived in China for a few years, and you know, there would be quite a few issues as far as, you know, in a place like China, it probably wouldn't be wisest to go out on the street corner with a bullhorn and start preaching on the street. It probably wouldn't be the wisest thing to put a church sign up in front of your meeting place that says First Baptist Beijing or something like that. You're going to want to have, you know, maybe a bit more tact, uh, maybe do things a little bit more on the one-on-one -on -one level rather than, you know, maybe uh, track bombing a street corner or something like that. 
And so there are just different concerns because of the form that persecution typically takes in China. Obviously, uh, the government would frown upon evangelism, particularly from a foreigner. And so rather than taking a more public, more you know, standing, street preaching, that sort of thing approach, it would be more wise to take a more one-on-one approach. And so as you start a church, it would probably look like meeting with individual people to study the Bible, and then slowly working to a point where maybe some of them would want to study the Bible with each other, and you guide them as they're studying the Scripture, and from there slowly build up to a group of people who are meeting together as a local body of believers. I'm not sure if that was what the type of information you were searching for there with your question, brother. I hope that's helpful. How do you keep yourself encouraged and keep yourself from falling or becoming depressed in China when everything else seems so different to someone who is who hasn't been to China and is wanting to go? Like, what advice would you give them? Yeah, to someone who, you know, one day would be new to China, right? Yes. Yeah, I think, you know, anytime things change, there, there's, there's a level of, I guess, stress involved. And so, you know, you move from one town in America to another, and you're going to have to get used to, well, where's the grocery store at? Where's the drugstore? Where, where's the bank? The people here might talk a little different. They might act a little different. They might drive a little different. And trying to deal with all those things, well, then think of how much greater that would be in a place like China, where the language is different. The way that they think is radically different. And all of those things. And so there will be times when you're like, man, I just feel so alone. And I feel like, yeah, I mean, there are some other Americans around. And maybe even some of them are believers. But maybe they've already more acclimated to the culture. And so they're more mingling better with the Chinese people. And maybe you haven't done that yet. And so there will be times when you're, you might feel like, man, I'm all alone. But you just have to remember who you are in Christ. You have to remember, well, I'm, I'm a believer. I'm saved. I'm, I'm sanctified. I'm, I'm growing in the Lord. And uh, God will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He's not going to abandon me. And if he's called you to China, well, you have to trust that, that he, will, he will continue to lead you and guide you and direct you in that. And as long as you, you stick yourself in his word and in prayer and, and you're grounded in those things and you're reminding yourself of his promises in scripture, just learning to encourage yourself in the Lord. And it will be hard. And it's, it's easier said than done. And I, I would only imagine that as you begin to start out in full-time ministry in China, it would even amplify more so than even I've ever experienced there. Just learning to, to adapt and learning to, to, to thrive in a place like that does take time. And it's going to take a lot of times where as you're learning the language, people laugh at you. And as you're adapting to the culture, people give you weird looks because why are you doing it that way? And you think, well, I grew up doing it this way. And they think, well, we don't do it that way. And you're in our country and you probably ought to change. And uh, you think, well, this is what mama taught me. And they're like, well, we do things different here. And, you know, that, that can be frustrating at times. And yet we just have to remember, well, if the Lord has called us there to, to reach them with the gospel, then we just, need to, we just need to keep plowing, keep on keeping on. And, you know, Jesus in Philippians chapter 2, he humbled himself to the point of death, even the death of the cross. I mean, he kind of he went from form of God to form of a servant in a matter of matter of verses, and I mean, he did. He went from being in heaven to being born, and just the it was a humbling thing for him to to be born a human, to be born among sinners, to be born a small infant child, and to grow up in this world. And yet, we have to remember that when we go into a new culture, we're going to talk like one and two year olds for a really long time. 
until we start getting our feet under ourselves and we're going to have to learn to adapt i mean even today you guys and i don't say this to be demeaning or to make fun but you guys were having trouble with the chopsticks and um, imagine imagine every time you sit down to have a meal that's what's going on and you're fumbling around and trying to pick up a dumpling and you and, and after about meal five or six and you don't have access to, to a good old slice of pizza you're going to want to throw the chopsticks on the floor and give up because you're hungry and you're like i just want to be able to put food in my mouth at a normal rate and speed and eventually you'll get there but it's going to take some time and uh, it's going to take some patience it's going to take some uh, some long suffering and some some endurance there but uh, just keep trusting the Lord. Remember Him and, and His promises, and, and, and He'll get you through. I think uh, something that you should uh, reiterate and uh, kind of explain more to those guys that couldn't be here at the conference this week. Um, we've asked questions like, well, what, why should we continue to push forward if the doors are closed? And if the borders are closed, um, why, why should we continue and uh, you guys answered that really well and maybe for the guys listening they they might have those questions yeah I tell you um, this is something and I shared this with you guys I guess yesterday this is something that I wrestle with regularly I mean I here here I am I am a missionary to China who currently cannot go to China and what do I do with that what, what do I do with the fact that for now and until the Lord changes things, not able to go. And yet, here's the thing, and I think it's been briefly mentioned here on the podcast before, we trust that, you know, God, He loves the world. And He desires that all men be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so we look at a place like China, and those verses say all, and well, in China... That's 18% of all right there. 1.4 billion is about 18% of everybody in the world. And so he died for Chinese people. And he loves Chinese people. And he's not willing that they would perish. He wants them to come to repentance. He wants them to come to a knowledge of the truth. He wants them to hear. And sure, China is closed up right now. And yet, I can't help but think that the Lord is doing something. And he's working. And... You know, maybe one day there will be some sort of definitive confirmation, whether it's something that happens on the political stage or the economic arena or what have you, that just makes it very clear that it's not possible to get in China anytime soon. And if that happens, then, you know, I I guess we would have to change mission field. I guess we would have to change course a bit. But at this point, it seems like things are temporary because of coronavirus and related travel restrictions. It seems like we're not entering into a sort of around 1950 when those missionaries were having to pull out of China because they were being driven out by the Communist Party. It doesn't feel like we're in that time. It just feels like we're in a bit of a lull, a bit of a kind of a brief parenthesis, and just waiting to see what God does. You know, Hudson Taylor, he was in China for his first five or six years, and he came back for a furlough initially because he was physically unwell. I mean, he was sick, and he was on bed rest for quite some time when he got back to England. But even when he got better, the Boxer Rebellion and other things were going on there in China, and he wasn't sure about going back. You know, he wasn't sure about how safe it was to go back, and he spent some time waiting and and seeking the Lord. And during that time, he thought, well, I'll write books, and I'll, 
I'll try to meet with people and I'll try to start this China Inland Mission and I'll try to go from there. And so, you know, one thing that I've asked myself and I know that guys who have been on this podcast before, like Ty and Cannon, ask themselves is, well, what can we do in the interim while we're here, while we're waiting to go, uh, while we're waiting on China to open up, what can we do to further the cause of Christ and what can we do to still continue to aim at China while we're, we're basically being put on pause from going? And uh, that's taken different forms. Some of you might know that right now, Cannon and his family, they're in New York City, in Chinatown there. Right now, here we are, and I'm podcasting, and we're doing other things and hosting conferences and stuff like that. So there's different things going on, but we're all keeping the focus China. And if the Lord one day steers us in another direction, praise the Lord. I, I, would, I would want to follow that. Uh, but at this point, I think that, well, it seems like the Lord is still is still got a plan for China, and um, and I'm just looking to Him and I'm waiting on Him, and to see see how He moves and see how He directs. What are some? Um, I know that uh, there was a couple things that stood out to us during this time. I know that the uh, the time with y'all been very encouraging. The witness factor, you know, just you know, just uh, because you know we heard great messages, and we also I think one of the things that stood out to us during this time was that. But uh, what is um, one way that you can, I guess, uh, how could you teach, uh, if there's any pastors that watch or anything, is there anything that you would teach any of us that, like the fact of uh, how to get that witness with people, with your young men and all that? Well, um, so just... For everybody out there, uh, Mikan's using the term witness, and I think we've talked about I know we have. We've talked about that in an episode here on the podcast. It was probably back over the summer, maybe in June or July. We talked about Hudson Taylor and how he had this, this mentor in his life, William Burns, and how they spent a lot of time together for about a year or so there in China. And Hudson Taylor learned a lot from Mr. Burns. But here around Vision, we call that that mentorship, that discipleship, that life-on-life relationship, we call that witness. Uh, Not witness, W-I-T-N-E-S, not that, but witness, W-I-T-H-N-E-S. So even here this weekend, you know, what what, um, we've wanted to do is just to spend time with these guys who've come and uh, to have, to not just have sessions where we, where we teach and where we preach, but to, and where we pray, but to also just have times during meals and as we're driving to and from Chinatown this morning to be able to talk and and to talk about life and to talk about ministry and to, to talk about what we've been learning in Scripture and to talk about how the Lord's been working in our hearts and, and to talk about China and, and talk about different things. And it's really just a, a very simple kind of life-on-life type of way of, you know, hey, I'm, like I said, and... and you know, I, I've yet to to have the opportunity to to launch out into China and to start a church, and yet I have completed deputation. I am a, a bit farther along than these guys, and I want to be able to to encourage them, and I want to be able to help them as they're here at the training center, the Bible college here, and they're wanting to learn, and they're wanting to grow, and they're wanting ministry experience, and they ha- they have questions as they consider where the Lord would have them to serve one day around the world. They they have questions about China, and they have questions about life and ministry, and and I'd like to be able to help them. I don't know how much of a help I've been, but uh, I would love to, to be able to help them any way that I can answer any questions that they might have. And, 
And so I would just say that uh, for anyone out there with with any sort of influence, you know, maybe maybe you're a youth pastor, maybe you're 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 a preacher, maybe there are other young men around you who they look to you for for guidance, for mentorship, for leadership. I would encourage you spend time with them, invest in them, not just in a formal class type way, but hang out with them, answer their questions, just enjoy life together with them, spend time with them, eat with them. Um, if you are a missionary who who might have spent time in another country before, let them experience a little bit of that culture here in America if possible. Or if your country is open right now, take them on a missions trip to that country and let them experience it. I wish I could take these guys to China right now to see it. And in fact, one of the reasons why we had this conference the first time last year was because in lieu of not being able to have an opportunity to take a group to China, we were like, well, we'll try to replicate something kind of sort of like it here in the States for a little bit. And so I just encourage anybody listening in to, to do that. So, uh-oh, someone has grabbed a prayer guide, and I don't know what that means. But well, I feel like a, a very thought-out question is coming. No, it was more of a, more of just more of a statement. I, I really like these prayer guides that we've been using this weekend, and I, I have a personal one at home. Um, but it just, like, enlarges China, and it... I didn't realize how big China really was until I met you guys with that life on life and that witness that we just talked about. Um, so I, I just like, I don't know how many people on the podcast know about the prayer guide, but just the this one page, uh, Shandong is 97.3 million people, the same size at Vietnam. Hmm. Um, how do you... I know we've talked about encouraging yourself in the Lord, um, but how can we better pray for laborers to go into these different provinces and regions and that have over millions of people? Yeah, it seems... Um, well, let me take a step back, and for those listening in who may not be as aware... Um, you know, China is a massive, massive country. And so what I mean by that is, you know, nearly one in five people, certainly one in six people on the planet are Chinese. And so what that means is that within China, there's all these different provinces, basically states would, would be kind of what's comparable here for us in America. Um, and each of them is the size of full-blown countries. I mean, we have there are provinces in China that have the same number of people as a country like Vietnam or a country like France or a country like the United Kingdom or a country like Turkey. And these are all countries that are of considerable size. They may not be the largest countries in the world, but they're certainly not the smallest either. And so to have a province within your country that is the size of a country, that's a big deal. For instance, Shanxi, the one just right opposite on the next page, 36 million people, you say, well, that's not as many as the Vietnam one with 97 million people. But 36 and a half million people in Shanxi, and it is the same number of people as all of Canada. Now, we look at a map of Canada, and we think it's a big country, and it is. And there are a lot of people there. There's 36 and a half million people. But did you know that there's a place in China that's about as small as an American state, but has the same number of people in it as all of Canada? And so how to better pray for this? I, you know, that's a question that I wrestle with, and that's kind of why we developed this prayer guide. And I don't know how many listening in would even know that we have it. 
If not, I'd encourage you to go to visionforchina.org slash pray, V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G slash P-R-A-Y. And there on visionforchina.org slash pray, you can figure out how to contact us and request one of these prayer guides. It's a booklet that has a lot of stats about China, but also some pictures and things. It's nothing too intimidating. It's just kind of a a region-by-region guide to China and kind of helps you think of how to pray for these places. Uh, So yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, For anyone out there praying for China, that'd be a good resource. Obviously, here on the podcast, we've highlighted different regions oftentimes, but uh, sometimes it's good to just have the, the hard stats in front of you. How many cities does this province have? Where are the big ones? What, what does that look like? What are the religious, what's the religious makeup of this particular area? And the prayer guide seeks to kind of help guide you through all that and think through that and better know how to pray. Because the Bible tells us to pray for laborers. Jesus himself said to do so. Uh, the Bible says in, I believe it's 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, to pray for all men. And so we should be praying for all people, but it, it probably should be a little bit more than just, Lord, I pray for everybody on the planet, please save them, amen. You know, and so this kind of helps divide up a country like China and even into like these bite-sized chunks to kind of like, all right, I'm going to pray for this section of this country today. So if you're interested in that, again, visionforchina.org slash pray, and you can contact us and request one of those. Just within the last month or two, we've actually had two different people request prayer guides, one family in Ohio and one family in California. And so um, anyway, you might be interested in doing that. One thing that you dealt with in a message about on Daniel was about how he was faithful beforehand and some things in his life. And then when hard times came, that was when like the foundation was having to be there because he had to fall back on it. Do you have any um, do you have any suggestions for all of us in ministry as Christians but as ministers as, as well? And regardless of you know if, if you're in ministry or not, like that we should put in our lives, That'll help us. That'll change us. You know, I know sometimes it's ABCs, but... Yeah, I think it really is the fundamentals. It really is the ABCs. It's the spiritual disciplines. It's the it's the simple getting in God's Word. It's consistent prayer, church attendance, being faithful in evangelism, just simple giving as a Christian, things like that, that, that are really the most important. And we see that in Daniel's life. We see that even from the start in chapter 1 of Daniel, he was, he determined he was going to follow the law of God. And even though the king's meat was what was required of him, he very carefully asked those in charge over him if he could have an exception made for his case and for the case of his three friends because he knew that he should obey God rather than men. And he feared the Lord and he wanted to. He wanted to do what God said. And he, he, from that point, started a pattern in his life of, of trusting God's word. And, and we, you know, we talked about that earlier today, about how even in chapter 6 where uh, the law was, was signed and he goes out to his window and it just seems so audacious to do that. And yet he was just doing what God had told him to do back in, what was it, Second Chronicles chapter 6? And so he was firmly grounded in God's Word. Uh, he was consistent in prayer. And I think that those things really help us when, when life throws anything our way, whether it's living in another country, another culture, uh, whether it's you know, trying to, to navigate any sort of hardship, whether that's overseas or even here in, in our day-to-day life in America. Uh, we need to be we need to be grounded in those things and grounded in our faith so that we can stand strong when when uncertainty or persecution or any of those things come our way. 
Um, I don't know, maybe one more question and then we'll wrap things up. Um, you always say on the podcast at the end of it, uh, if you'd like to know how to be put on a path to, to, to go to uh, preach Jesus in, or make Jesus famous in China, um, what does that path look like? I know we got students here and I'm an intern here. Um, for the listeners, what does that path look like? Yeah, well, let me start by saying that there are different paths to take. And I am probably a prime example of that because the typical path that Vision for China would get people on would look something like, well, you need training. And so we would recommend uh, a training center that we recommend is the Our Generation Training Center. That would be a Bible college that we would recommend. We would recommend after that, um, perhaps an internship overseas for a time. After that, probably fundraising, a season of deputation. And then beyond that, going overseas to the country that you desire to serve in, that the Lord's called you to, and learning under a veteran missionary for a time, learning the language, learning the culture, learning the ropes of ministry in this new place. And then after that, uh, Lord willing to start out, launch out, and this would be kind of where most of us are uh, here on the Vision for China team now, launching out to, to wanting to start a church in that country. Now, I am a bit of an exception to that rule because I kind of did things backwards. As many who've listened to the podcast know, I learned the language first. I didn't. In fact, I was fluent in Chinese before I even knew what the word, what the English word deputation meant. I'd never heard that word before. And it was actually Brother Mark, um, who we've mentioned here on the podcast before, that uh, first mentioned that term to me. I'd never heard it. Just a way of, of raising funds and and. and uh, raising support from churches to, to do full-time ministry overseas. But most guys would, would do what I outlined there first. And so, you know, if any of you out there are listening in and you would be interested in, in being a missionary to China, and you are, as Nate kind of indicated, trying to sort out in your mind, well, what path is, is, is Austin talking about when he says that? That would be it, is, is going through the, well, you, you need Bible training, ministry training and we say this language and culture training you you would even uh, we would even be able to to help you and give guidance and counsel as far as support raising and things like that so that you will be prepared and equipped when you when you do get to china to do full-time ministry and and we're willing to to have uh, a successful season of ministry there in china again if any of you out there are considering that please reach out to us you have an open invitation to contact us and to ask questions well, anyway, that's about it on time. Very glad to be here with you guys. Uh, I've had a great couple of days with you and with the others who were here. Yes, sir. And um, anyway, that's going to be it. Uh, thank you guys so much for coming. Well, this concludes today's episode of the A Thousand Lives broadcast. Remember... If you want to take your next steps toward China and learn how to either get on or continue on a path toward full-time ministry there, reach out to us with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. You can email us at info at visionmissions.com, that's I-N-F-O at V-I-S-I-O-N-M-I-S-S-I-O-N-S dot C-O-M, or email me personally at austin at reachingchina.org, that's A-U-S-T-I-N at R-E-A-C-H-I-N-G-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. We'd love to talk to you about the steps you can take towards preaching Jesus in China, whether that next step be Bible training, ministry training, or language and culture training. We'd love to guide you on your path to making Jesus famous in China. You have an open invitation to reach out. And remember, 
As I said at the beginning of this episode, today's broadcast will wrap up this season of podcasts. Please be on the lookout for season two to kick off in January 2022 with all sorts of new episodes, stories, interviews, all centered on preaching Christ in China. So if you haven't already, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button or follow button for the A Thousand Lies broadcast so that you won't miss out when that new season drops. Thank you again for listening to the A Thousand Lies broadcast. This has been Austin, your host and missionary to China with Vision Baptist Missions and the Vision for China team. For more information about Vision Baptist Missions, the Vision for China team, and how to take the first step on your path to making Jesus famous in China, head on over to visionforchina.org. That's V-I-S-I-O-N-F-O-R-C-H-I-N-A dot O-R-G. There you'll find a slew of resources to aid you in both sharing the gospel with Chinese friends, as well as encouraging others to give their lives to making Jesus known in China. Well, until next time, Zai Jin.